0: Did you know that breast pumps are covered by most insurance plans? Edge Park works with more than 1500 insurance plans to help moms order a new breast pump that is covered by insurance, and they offer some of the leading brands on the market. Place your order anytime during your pregnancy, then Edge Park handles the paperwork and sends it to you with free shipping. Visit www.edgepark.com/spotify to learn more. Let's jump into Pepper's world of play. Look for spring flowers. Hunt for muddy puddles and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets, Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence. The Knot is where you'll find vendors for every wedding. Floral to fawn over, cakes you almost don't want to cut. Oh, it looks so good. DJs to drop it to. Venues worthy of your grid. Photographers that make every hour golden hour. Really, vendors for any vibe. With the help of fresh reviews and a few useful filters, you can find your vendors faster than you can say, I do. The Knot Vendor Marketplace. Find vendors for every wedding at thenot.com
1: slash audio.
2: The following content is not suitable for children.
1: So George, I want to talk about what happens when it all starts to go right, when a sexual withdrawal starts to come forward. And I just think there's so many things that are exciting about this season And there's so many little points where it could all fall apart. And I just thought I'd talk about it with our peeps and just see if we can help people be patient and really think through what they can do, especially the sexual pursuer can do, to help everything turn around.
2: Ooh, that sounds good, Lori. Let's do it.
1: Let's do it. Welcome to Foreplay Sex Therapy. I'm Dr. Lori Watson, your sex therapist.
2: And I'm George Fowler, your couples therapist.
1: We are here to talk about sex.
2: Our mission is to help couples talk about sex in ways that incorporate their body, their mind, and their hearts.
1: And we have a little bit of fun doing it, right, G?
2: Listen, and let's change some relationships. All right. Okay. So we're talking about reengaging the sexual withdrawal, right? It's why i started to do this podcast with you it's trying to figure out that question it's it's you wrote a book on that right trying to get these people who have good reasons to disengage sexually to start to engage not to placate their partner but for themselves right it's an assertion of self it's kind of recognizing i like this i like the way we feel i feel when we do this right it makes so much sense that people should engage sexually yet there's so much that gets in the way for really good reasons right the muscle memory the failures the criticisms the feeling you're broken and ready for a spring break to remember amtrak's got just a ticket for you and your crew with share fares you and your friends can save up to 60 percent. the more who travel the more you save skip the hassle of driving through the northeast while exploring dc philly new york and boston no middle seats and plenty of legroom are just an Amtrak away. And with stops right in the heart of your favorite cities, you'll arrive downtown, not out of town. Savings start with three travelers. Eight travelers required for 60% discount. Visit Amtrak.com sharefares to book. Restrictions
1: may apply.
0: There's something special about winter in Colorado.
1: The snow is deeper. Adventures feel bigger. And our natural beauty inspires every traveler. From snow-covered mountains and trails
0: unique cities and towns, new discoveries lie around every bend and new memories around every corner, no matter the place, no matter the day, everything shines a little brighter. Come to Colorado, come to life.
2: You know, so let's talk about how you, I know you, you got this couple that you want to talk about that's kind of as an example of this re-engagement. So how did you get this sexual withdrawer to start standing up? And this is a female, male?
1: So this is a female who has just started to really wonder inside about her own sexuality. Mm. You know, there's been a lot of conflict between them of him being unhappy with her and her feeling like she's broken and she's failing and not enough and, and all of those things that sexual withdrawers go through. but in the process she's gotten to this space which is of course the change space and she's started to wonder about things inside her own mm-hmm. body and mind and and i want to just describe a few of these things so that people can see what starts happening
2: so zoom out for a second how we sure. get there if we're talking about EFT or the model, oh, okay. Right, that couple is going to start to see the problem as their communication, how they interact, right. The more the pursuer is frustrated, sends messages to withdrawer is failing. The withdrawer doesn't know how to talk about those feelings and tries to go away to kind of soothe those bad feelings, you know, and that pushing and going away. Creates a really predictable feedback loop that we call a cycle. As couples start to recognize that, they start to externalize the problem. Right, the problem is the way we communicate. These dynamics we fall into. Not either person. Both people have really good reasons for the anger and the going away.
1: Yes. So the sexual withdrawer has begun to see, kind of the the angst and the tension and the anxiety in the sexual pursuer as. As something that is in him and that certainly the cycle contributes to it, but she also has a desire to change this, you know, not just for him, but she's begun to wonder about how the cycle has messed her up sexually. You know, like there's something that's toxic to herself. She knows that. And she's just taken a pause. I mean, it's, it's really a beautiful moment where she says, okay, I I know I frustrate him like crazy, and I know that that pressure makes me shut down, Mm
0: -hmm. but
1: what would happen if I just looked inside?
0: Mm.
1: You know, if I just looked inside for a minute, and they're really not quite yet at stage two. They're just at the beginning of stage two, which is where people start to work a little bit more on themselves. And she's saying, you know, I— I wanna think about this apart from the pressure. So this is a sexual withdrawal, how the sexual withdrawal comes forward.
2: Yes, and that's that critical shift, right? From shifting from focusing on the partner and the performance to looking at the self, right? That's normally there's not a lot of space for that in their dynamics, right? She's so worried about failing and being broken and not turning him on, the pressure, and she starts to say, wait a second, what about me in that? Yeah, You know, where am I besides this pressured person? You know, who am I sexually? That curiosity that gets directed inward is the critical shift to start the withdrawal re-engagement process.
1: Yes, and I think a lot of this is facilitated by the clinician who is asking good, provocative questions about her own sexual experience and beginning to kind of stand alongside her and wonder with her about her.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And also, you know, just very, very gently beginning this. So one thing she started to wonder about is, do I have any desire? I mean, her sense of desire is very absent because of the cycle. So it's right. been years. I mean, like 20 years since she has felt a wanting for sex. Mm-hmm. I mean, they They've been sexual. I mean, they've had sex actually... And, and a lot of people out there would moan and groan about this, but at least every week, if not a couple times a week. But her own experience is very mute and flat about the sexual experience, which, of course, he knows and is disappointed in, yada, yada. You know, on it goes. But so, she's, I,
2: again, I love the exploration of her longings, right? That's what we call a gas pedal. So often Mm -hmm. a sexual cycle is the break. We don't know about her gas pedal because the cycle has put such breaks on this, it's really squashed her desire. But as she starts to get more curious, you're starting to, with your provocative questions, start to come alongside of her to start questioning her own desire. So what, what was she able to say?
1: So one of the things she came to was this internal cue that she realized one thing that was very exciting was buying lingerie for herself. Mm. She she liked looking at the catalogs. She liked ordering it. She liked imagining herself in the lingerie. And she also liked imagining his reaction to her lingerie. And that's the beginning of a sexual fantasy. Mm. You know? And so so we talked about that, right? It's this you know, she's a woman who says, I don't fantasize. And I'm like, well, you do. Mm -hmm. You know, this is how you build inside yourself anticipation for the moment. I mean, yeah, you can't necessarily buy lingerie every single time, but this fantasy is a turn on. So she began to see that using her mind in this one particular way was actually turning on her body, was making the moment have, kind of a setup that sounded romantic to her and sexy to her. You know, and Beautiful. if you can if you can have one fantasy that works, I mean, first of all, sometimes one is all you need. But mm-hmm. other times you begin to realize that my mind is actually sexual. And I do have sexual thoughts and fantasies, and I think so many people who are shut down in the cycle don't realize that they have this capacity and the beautiful effect of the of that work, which is to turn on inside like yeah. i can I can find my own sexuality,
2: yeah, I love how you're planting seeds, right you're seeing this little seed around lingerie, and you start to plant it and grow it and stretch it to really help her tap into these powerful longings. There is a sexual erotic being there that, you know, can be expressed in these little ways. And you're now given the space to notice that, pay attention to that, expand that.
1: Yes. Another thing that she does is she does have a spark of desire and she acts on it, but she acts on it in kind of a low sexual way. So when she starts to feel the desire for closeness, so she describes it, it's like I'm not thinking intercourse. I'm not thinking, you know, wow, I want an orgasm. But I am starting to feel this desire to want to be close to my husband. So I'll lean over and I'll rub his chest. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And he does not do anything with that. You know, he doesn't, I mean, I know, he doesn't know that it's a sexual signal. And one of the things in the cycle that he's been protesting for a long time is, I really want you to be direct with me. You know, right, I really want you to, clear
2: sexual ways,
1: clear sexual ways. I want you right. to come on to me. One of the things he doesn't say is what that looks like to him. He, he he has a feeling about it and he's really upset and there's a lot of pressure about this, but he doesn't get vulnerable enough to talk about his fantasy of, man, if you you know, slipped your hand on the inside of my thigh, I would really know you wanted me. I mean, he doesn't talk about it in ways that she can then do. And he yeah. has no idea that her rubbing his chest is a sexual come on. And it's, it is a weak sexual come on. I know that because she's just at the very early stages of it. But the reality is, and I, this is what I want them both to see, is that she is initiating. She is actually starting the process. And the the signals are messed up, but it's such good news for the sexual pursuer. If he can get a hold of, actually, there are moments that she's leaning toward him sexually. It's not as big as what he wants. But on the other hand, the vulnerability of starting to talk about it. And, you know, I think all of us, George, say, if I have to ask for it, it, it's kind of somehow or another no good. -hmm. You know, if I have to ask for romance, then it diminishes its power. If I have to ask and tell you the way I want you to touch me or initiate, it's not going to be the big bang that I'm looking for.
2: Yeah, it's cool you're highlighting a really classic block. If the pursuer's been asking and asking and gets this subtle indirect, right? It's often not enough. They don't want to respond to it because they're hoping not responding is going to motivate more. But you're right. It actually does the opposite. It discourages. So how do we kind of make this block explicit to help this, you know, sexual pursuer say, wait a second, this is actually a big risk, right? This is the time for you to actually engage more and not kind of sit back and disengage, right? And I had a couple, You know, the wife would never initiate. It would do something sim- similar, something subtle, and then a the husband would just kind of lay there wanting more and they would just miss each other, right? And getting get the husband to see the opportunity, this is the time like, jump out of bed and be like, let's do it Get that excitement. Like, The withdrawals have to have success for these risks that they're taking. And what you're describing, with your client is, a rubbing of the chest, a little initiation, and when he doesn't respond, it leads to failure, right? Which leads back to the old moves of the old cycle. So again, we need to line up, Her risking, with his response to that risking, given her success, it's the only way to move the needle on this.
1: Yes, exactly. Well, let's
2: talk about how Lori got this couple and move the needle when we come back on break.
1: Ooh, Cozy Earth. We love Cozy Earth sheets. They are named one of Oprah's favorite things in 2018. And y'all know that they're one of my favorite things Their best-selling bamboo sheet set is temperature-regulating and so incredibly soft. It is get-naked-incredibly soft. Trust me. Cozy Earth's bedding collection also offers a variety of luxury pillows, sheets, blankets, and more. And you can find them with a lengthy warranty, which backs the sheets. So important because we don't want our sheets to get stretched out or something. Cozy Earth's linen bedding collection also adds that touch of luxury and elegance to any space try it for Mother's Day. This will make your wife so happy. Make her remember she's a woman, not just a mother. And I highly recommend Cozy Earth. Please go to CozyEarth.com, which provides you with an exclusive offer for our listeners, 35% off site-wide when you use the code FOREPLAY. That's CozyEarth.com for 35% off for our listeners when you use the code FOREPLAY. Uber lube. It's a luxury lubricant. Can you say that three times fast? Uber lube, luxury lubricant. You know, basically it's pure silicone bliss. It is made from superior ingredients. It has skin-soothing vitamin E and it goes on just like natural moisture and it lasts a long time. There's no drip. Their glass bottles are truly beautiful. You can leave them on your bedstand. I do. No problem. Nobody notices. And it's basically like this thin, slippery silicone formulation. It reduces friction, which is great, but it doesn't reduce sensation and it stays slippery long enough for lasting pleasure. They have travel-friendly toughened glass bottles. You can slip it in your gym bag, you can slip it in your purse. You can be ready whenever. Try Uberlube, the silicone lubricant at uberlube.com. Use the code foreplay for 10% off. Really? It is the best lubricant on the market.
2: All right, Lori, we're all waiting. Okay. So what happened? How did okay. you get this so, guy who's blocked to start doing something differently? Well,
1: well, first of all, I, I had them start more vulnerably talking about what their fantasy of initiation was and what it meant.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: she had never really been explicit about touching him and her disappointment when he didn't respond to her. He didn't know it was a come on, you know, once he heard that, actually he was pretty willing to reward it with, Mm. you know, rolling over and saying, Oh baby, are you like uh, thinking about touching me in other ways or, you know, I mean, he was playful. And so that was a reward because she accessed his sexual self you know, once he realized this was her signal and then he was able to tell her, I know it's it's a lot and you're doing something right now by touching me. He she would also put her hand on his thigh when mm-hmm. they were sitting on the couch watching television and it was something that he wanted. He's like, please slip your hand on my inner thigh. That that to me feels super sexual and intimate and it's kind of a signal to me that you only have to move up a little bit like you know higher and then right. you got me and 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 she was willing to do that she was very willing like okay that one i can do i think her shutdown was right she gets the message i'm i'm not enough i'm not doing it right and she didn't know that there was only just slight modifications that would make him happy
0: mm-hmm. and so
1: i started having them tell each other about kind of the sexual fantasy of what it meant. And he had lots of fantasies of what he would also want. But, you know, these were when when he saw that this was the beginning of her initiating when she wanted sex, mm-hmm. like when she was like on the verge of beginning to feel something, it's so powerful for a sexual withdrawer to capitalize on that moment. You know, maybe it's only once a month. But if the sexual withdrawer is capitalizing on that one time, once a month, when they want it, I mean, it really makes the whole experience better.
2: Nice, that's really nice. I mean, I love that you captured that moment where they're missing each other. She's feeling disappointed, doesn't say anything. He Mm -hmm. notices something's up because she's not engaging, right? He doesn't say anything. What a missed opportunity. So you take him back to that moment of disconnection. And you helped him put words to what was actually going on, right? Right. And he was pleasantly surprised. He found out something new and he just opened up to that. But even if he didn't, because he was frustrated or still resentful, like being able to talk about it gives us a chance to deal with it, to work through it, to get them back into that ability to repair is the critical difference, you know, for couples who have success and couples who don't. So that's beautiful work of you taking them back into kind of their fantasies. And then all of a sudden, He's open to her initiating. And what happens to her? She starts to kind of tap back into it when you bring him back into the conversation.
1: Yeah. I mean, she does. She starts getting from him kind of the the sense that he's delighted in her initiation, which bolsters her courage. Mm -hmm. Like, okay. And it also, I mean, I think once the small movements get rewarded, there's more courage to do the bigger things. You know, they're not yet at the stage where she's going to say, hey, baby, fuck me. But, I, I mean, it's possible that she can be more verbally direct, too, which he would love. You know, she's more comfortable with touch. But I think once there's success there, she's probably going to be willing to use language as well. And one of the things that you know right. we've talked about a lot is that their language exchange Their communication is so low. So she doesn't climax all that often. And he kind of doesn't know that.
2: Before you go on to their orgasm, just the touch piece feels really important. Because so often she's probably been trained, touch always leads to sex. So trying to figure out when she rubs his chest because she wants to just cuddle, and get closer versus rubbing his chest because she might want something more than that. Like she's never articulated in a sp- specific way the difference between those different types of touch. And same with him. And for couples to really be intentional to say like, this is a cuddle touch. Like I'm really exhausted. I'm not, you know, because if touch always sends a signal, hey, I, I want to have sex, then people stop using it right so helping Mm -hmm. her get clear within herself this is a touch that's actually more sexual versus a different touch that's more just about connecting
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's a really good point and i think it is in reverse as well we hear sexual pursuers who say you know sometimes i want cuddle touch and my partner is not interested because they think i want sex and so touch in general
0: falls apart or
1: you know is reduced in the coupleship
0: yeah Really, really good point, George. Yeah. Want to temporarily restore definition in your jawline where it's been lost over time? With Juvederm Velux XC? you can get a non-surgical jawline treatment that adds volume for a smooth contour and to reduce the appearance of jowls in one in-office treatment with little downtime. Juvederm Velux XC injectable gel is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D.
1: Fair Health for Older Adults understands that healthcare decisions are life changing decisions, strategic decisions, shared decisions. FairHealthForOlderAdults.org provides financial and educational information for older adults and caregivers planning for a treatment, procedure, or ongoing condition. Fair Health for Older Adults Healthy Decisions for Healthy Aging. Explore FairHealthOlderAdults.org today. Campaign generously funded by the John A. Hartford Foundation. You want me to go forward on the, the orgasms.
2: <laughs> yeah, with the orgasms. We don't yeah. want to miss the damn orgasm issues. No,
1: we really don't. And so she doesn't have all that frequent of orgasm. And when she talks about it, she's, you know, I kind of explored, well, why not? And does he know that your clitoris needs to be stimulated? And she says, that's really the only way I have orgasms. But maybe he kind of thinks I have orgasms through sexual intercourse. And I'm like, okay, let's talk about why he thinks that. And she's like, I really love sexual intercourse. It's one of the highlights of my experience with him. I feel so close to him. I feel intimate afterwards, and I really do feel aroused. And I probably make noises that indicate that I'm satisfied. And I'm like, okay, so he doesn't really know that you don't have orgasms with sexual intercourse. And, And then I said, well, what about your clitoris does he touch you well does he know how to touch you and she's like well maybe not and i asked about oral sex and she's like he doesn't he doesn't go down and i'm like okay tell me about that and this is her primary way in former relationships that she orgasmed Mm -hmm. was through oral sex i'm like well why does he not go down and she said and she gives oral sex but he doesn't and she's like, I don't really know. We've never talked mm. about it. I'm, I'm afraid that, you know, what I tell myself is that my genitals are ugly or that I smell weird or taste weird to him. She's like, I've had boyfriends who really loved it, like really loved it, like would steal my underwear and take them home so that they could keep smelling me, kind of loved it. And so, you know, she doesn't have some deep sense of that I – I do smell bad or something but but maybe she's you know she's like I I don't know why. And and they never mm. talk about it. Maybe it happens like once a year and this is a primary way that she orgasms when she makes love. So there's like one of the things that just strikes me, right? This is a long-term couple that is having sex a couple times a week for like 20 years. And the technique issues have never been discussed and she has she's making yeah, up I in really, her head go ahead you go
2: no i really wish the president of the united states would come on a public service announcement <laughs> and really let people know 80% of women do not orgasm during intercourse what a gift it would be to the country in <laughs> the world I mean again I saw a couple newly just this week and you know she's upset that she can't orgasm he's pissed at himself and her that she's not orgasm everyone's so frustrated because of this not orgasm during intercourse when basic information would say it's okay not to orgasm during oral sex orgasm would if there's so many other ways the orgasm with the clitoral stimulation and nobody knows it like how do we get this information out there please joe biden if you're listening just <laughs> add this to your next speech it would be the biggest gift we can give to this country
1: <laughs> we would make people happy all over the world if he said that
2: yes you know? we would might stop some wars <laughs> it might
1: stop some wars people would be happy at home it would be good I think that the sexual intercourse is kind of what in our minds is the pinnacle of sexuality. We see it in the movies, that, that's how we think about it. And of course the clitoris is really the most sensitive part of a woman's body and and it isn't always stimulated during sexual intercourse. For some women it kind of is that the position works and yay, yay for them. That's fantastic. But for most women it's just it's not close enough to the vagina to get any stimulation when the man is thrusting so it makes so Mm -hmm. much sense but and then she says you know i i'm actually i can climax really easily with masturbation you know it's like two minutes It's, it's no big deal so as we started to explore that and help her kind of think about how can he say this to how can she say this to him you know she doesn't want to say hey i've been lying to you about not having orgasms during sexual intercourse, she, she's protecting him. She, she doesn't want his sexual ego to be hurt. And so how do we get her to talk about it? So basically, the deal is, is frequently what I do is I go through what's normal, you know, like how long it takes people, how much touch is involved. And then I ask them, as a therapist, to just kind of associate to that, you know, what is this, how does this compare to what you're doing? And, and then, of course, they're like, uh, he's touching me for like, maybe two minutes, and then we have sexual intercourse, you know, as soon as I'm wet enough, then we have sexual intercourse. But it really takes her a lot longer to get to a higher point where she can have an orgasm. And for him, I think he thinks she does orgasm, so he doesn't offer afterwards to continue to stimulate her. And then eventually having the conversation about oral sex is, is very dicey. You know, it is so vulnerable for her to wonder and to ask for it because she's terrified that he'll be rejecting. Right. I, I've had that conversation many 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 times with couples like why do you not give oral sex both ways probably the most dominant answer is i don't know what i'm doing i don't want to know what i'm doing down there Mm -hmm. you know she doesn't respond she she doesn't move she doesn't tell me what feels good and so i feel incompetent yeah that's
2: the big miss the females think the male doesn't want to do it And the male thinks the women really doesn't like it so much because when they do it, it doesn't work so well. What a huge miss. They stop trying instead of doing what Lori is doing here, which is giving them space to just talk about it. Once they can start talking about it, you recognize they actually both want to do this. They're just not sure how.
1: Right, exactly. And I have, well, I've been doing sex therapy for how many decades? I've only talked to one man who ever said, I don't like my partner's taste. And I've talked to hundreds of men who say, I love my wife's taste or my partner's taste. Mm -hmm. I love it. It's one of my biggest turn-ons, but she gets anxious about it. She has to be perfectly clean. She, whatever, you know, all these sort of barriers to her relaxing into it. And and I think that now between this couple, she's telling herself in her head, he doesn't want to do this to me. So she doesn't relax. Mm-hmm. She doesn't make a lot of noise. She's waiting for it to be over. She's getting aroused, but she doesn't really let her body get aroused and sink into it because it's going to be over too fast. And she's her brain is just blocking and putting the brakes on because she doesn't think he wants to. And so you can imagine you know, he's like, well, tried that for a little bit. And, you know, she didn't mm-hmm. seem to respond. So why would I be doing that?
2: Well, you got something else to add to Joe Biden's speech now. Most <laughs> men like. The taste of going down. All right. We got two big messages for you here, Joe. Wait, no, no, George,
1: you need to say that again for all the women out there.
2: (laughs) Most men really enjoy the taste of going down on their partners. The
1: taste of a woman, right? The taste of a woman. Well,
2: at least a country song, right? (laughs) At least Well, listen, this is uh Great work, Lori, in helping this couple, helping this wife really start to re-engage, right? To start seeing the value for herself to be more sexual, to develop those longings. So, nice work.
1: Yeah, and I just want to reiterate, when the sexual withdrawal starts to turn around, they're getting in touch with their internal cues. They're also starting to examine the way, the the between space of how they're talking about it, how they're communicating, and then they're getting really specific about sexual technique and starting to reveal this really vulnerable place inside of what they actually like sexually. So, you can see all the pain points of how it could go wrong, but this couple, they're on their way. Nice. Thanks for listening.
2: Keep it hot, y'all. Call in your questions to the Foreplay Question Voicemail, dial 833 My Foreplay. That's 833-MY, the number four, play. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. This podcast is copyrighted by 4Play Media.